You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Street is on the phone. There, Tour Sports Podcast presented by my friend Sportsbook. It is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day, and I hope everybody is ready for a little bit of a Tuesday hybrid Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Here's what you need to know about today's show. So originally, this was supposed to be our happy-go-lucky conference championship preview. It's champ week. Everybody loves it. I was going to give you my picks, storylines, look out for all of that good stuff. Then we got a big, interesting storyline involving former Texas head coach Chris Beard, And on top of that, that news came following the fact that Chris Beard's former employer, Texas Tech, uh, yeah, they got a situation going on over there as well. So we're going to talk about the Chris Beard situation, the unrelated, at least for now, Texas Tech situation. And then we'll start on our conference championship preview stuff. ACC tips off today. Big East and Pac-12 tip off on Wednesday. We will preview those three conferences on today's Tuesday episode of the Aaron Torres pod. Then we will have a bonus episode on Wednesday. We'll preview the SEC, the Big 12, and the Big 10. And obviously, look, if anything pops up between now and then, we will discuss that as well on the Wednesday show. So you're getting shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Make sure to subscribe. Tag a friend. Make sure they subscribe. Download all those shows. It's a busy week. And by the way, we'll probably have some shows later in the week as conference tournaments unfold. Before we get started on today's show, just a couple quick announcements. One, be on the lookout. We are working again with Bracket Fanatics on an NCAA tournament pick'em challenge. By now, you know Bracket Fanatics' story. You don't need me to tell you the whole deal. But, obviously, it goes without saying. It's been awesome. We've loved working with them, so stay tuned for that. By the way, I will be also giving out all of my championship uh, conference tournament picks over on the Betfred Twitter page and uh, Instagram page. So make sure you're following them there and also get your merchandise prior to March madness. Aaron Torres online.com slash merchandise. Aaron Torres online.com slash merchandise. We have our Mora Hurley 2024 t-shirts. We have our Mike Effin Woodson t-shirts, all sorts of good stuff. Our new marches for day drinking t-shirts. Everybody loves those. We've ordered, we've had a bunch of orders on those. So make sure to check it out. Aaron Torres online.com 
slash merchandise. With that said, though, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, I'll just tell you, I'll be blunt. As I said, the plan was to strictly preview conference tournaments today. But then we got some news on Chris Beard. There was an interesting twist at Texas Tech. And so I want to discuss it all. Let's start with the Chris Beard element of things. And by now, everybody knows the backstory on this one. He was the Texas head coach as of about six, eight weeks ago. Prior to that, in December, you know, was in the middle of a very successful season. Texas in the top 10. Chris Beard gets arrested on a Sunday night in December. Chris Beard gets suspended as the Texas head coach. He is charged with two felony crimes, according to the police report. And I don't mean to relitigate it. I'm just trying to let everybody know for people who forgot details. But he was alleged to have choked his 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 fiance, thrown her on the floor. Uh, Texas ends up firing him in January. And it's important to note that after Texas's firing, those charges were dropped. And so, as I always say on this show, every Friday, we do Aaron right, Aaron wrong. We talk about what I got right and what I got wrong. And I will readily admit that because of the details of the police report, because things looked really bad at the time of the arrest, at the time of the suspension, and at the time of his firing, I said that Chris Beard would probably never coach college basketball again. Even if the charges were dropped, I didn't think it was going to happen. But when the charges were dropped, I kind of came to my senses and I said, I might not like it. It might not be the decision that I made. I might personally think that it's best for him to sit out for a year to rehabilitate his image, rehabilitate his relationship with his fiance that I assume is still going on. But there's a difference between what should happen and what will happen. And as soon as those charges were dropped about four or five weeks ago, I said, I think this guy is going to coach again. As a matter of fact, last Friday, right here on the Aaron Torres podcast, if you listened and if you didn't go back and listen, we did a coaching carousel kind of, you know, preview on the show. And I said, I said, there aren't very many jobs that I think make sense for Chris Beard this year. The jobs that are going to open doesn't really feel like a fit. Can't see him going to Cal Berkeley. Can't see him going to Georgetown. Can't see him going to Georgia Tech. But I did say there was one job that I thought would make sense for him and that I think, you know, kind of on the flip side, I think he would be interested in, and that was Ole Miss. Ole Miss had fired Kermit Davis, and it just felt like if there was one job that kind of sort of made sense, it was probably this one. And so I bring it up because on Monday, One of the Ole Miss websites that covers Ole Miss do a really good job, the On3 affiliate, reported that Chris Beard and Ole Miss had a conversation and had met on Monday. Now, it's important to note a lot of things because I put that out on Twitter and people blew up. I shared the report from the Ole Miss website and people went crazy. How can Ole Miss do this? Da-da-da-da, this and that, blah, 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 whatever. One, as I always say, It only takes one, but it's important to note, and I think this is really important right now, just because they met, all that means is that they met. The way that I gauge what happened on Monday was a little bit like a, a, a blind date at a coffee shop. Somebody tells you to meet here, you meet there, you get to know each other, blah, 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 this and that. Just because they met does not mean that Ole Miss is going to offer Chris Beard a job, and it does not mean that if Chris Beard was even offered, that he would accept it. 
So I don't want to blow this story out of proportion. I don't want to pretend like it's a done deal and what does it mean and should he be hired and blah, 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 blah. But what I would also say is I don't believe that either side takes that interview if there isn't actual mutual interest. And so has an offer been made? We don't know. Will Chris Beard accept it? We don't know. But if Ole Miss wasn't interested in learning more about Chris Beard, I don't believe that they set up that interview knowing that it's probably going to get leaked and knowing that people like me are going to be talking about this in the media. On the flip side, if you're Chris Beard and you either want a day off, or want a year off, you want to work on your relationship with your fiance, you don't want to coach in Ole Miss, you don't want to coach in the SEC, you only want to coach in Texas, whatever the reason is. If this isn't an opportunity that interests you, you probably don't take the meeting. Again, if Cal Berkeley called Chris Beard, if Idaho State called Chris Beard, if Minnesota, whatever, like just because you get a call doesn't mean you, you have to take the call and you have to take the meeting. And so because the call was made and because the meeting was done, I think this at least has a very reasonable chance of happening. Not saying it's 100% because, oh, by the way, there might be other places reaching out to Chris Beard here soon but it feels like it's at least a possibility. And so from Chris Beard's perspective, listen, I, I, I'm not here to say what he should or should not do. I don't know what else is going to be out there. I don't know how quickly he wants to get back into things. I don't, you, you know, whether Chris Beard should take the, the job or not is independent of what I want to talk about next. And that's this. Should Ole Miss actually be pursuing Chris Beard in the first place? Because to me, that's the more interesting thing. If Chris Beard has an offer and he takes it, that's a Chris Beard decision, but somebody's got to put a piece of paper in front of him and offer him the opportunity to be their head coach. And to me, that is the much more interesting part of the Ole Miss Chris Beard situation. Do you actually put that piece of paper in front of him? Because I think there's a lot of positives, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, am I positive that there's a lot of negatives as well. And so what I want to do over the next few minutes is just kind of talk this out. If you're the Ole Miss AD Keith Carter, what is going through your head? Because on the one hand, this looks like just even having the meeting with him looks really, really, really bad. And a couple things struck me when I saw that this meeting actually happened. It's one thing for guys like me to hear stuff might be happening and speculate on what could happen. It's another thing for us to find out that the meeting is happening. And so a couple things really struck me about the Ole Miss perspective. On the one hand, it does not look good. We know what Chris Beard was accused of. We know what the police report says. And just because charges got dropped does not mean that Chris Beard did nothing wrong. Now, I'm not here to say what he did do, what he didn't do, what his it's that's independent of what is in the police report and what he was accused of, which was really bad. That's not good. And so if you're Ole Miss, you kind of have to weigh that and you have to consider a few things. One, if I'm the Ole Miss AD, and maybe this is what Monday's meeting was about. I want to know every detail from your perspective and from your fiance's perspective of what happened that night. What happened? How did it go down? What's the truth? What's fiction? Why were the charges dropped? Was this a, an incident that has ever happened before? Will it ever happen again? Was there substances involved on either side? Let's be blunt. Uh, you, you know, I think it's fair to ask, are, are you still in a relationship with this woman? Is this a, a healthy relationship? I'm not saying that it's my job as Aaron Torres, the media member, to speculate. I do think if you're going to employ this guy, I think those are all very fair questions. And oh, by the way, you're not just going to employ him. He's going to be one of the two faces of your university alongside Lane Kiffin. 
he is going to be making millions of dollars. And to me, it seems fair to ask these questions, especially after such a short amount of time. It's not like he's been out of coaching for two, three, four years, been on TV, doing media stuff, making speeches, doing whatever. This all happened two and a half months ago. He was fired a month and a half ago. And so to me, it's completely reasonable to ask these questions. And you know why else it's reasonable? Because if you actually go through with this hire, you're going to get it from everywhere. Like one, you're obviously going to get it from your from, from opposing fans. Oh, it's going to be a thing when you walk into Auburn and Tennessee and Arkansas and Mississippi State and LSU and Kentucky. And oh, by the way, you're going to be playing Texas in a few years. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that anybody who boos him or whatever is good or bad or this or that. I'm just saying it's a reality. But you know what else strikes me about this? It's not just going to be Ole Miss fans. It's not just going to be other SEC fans that are not happy with this hire and that don't think this guy should be hired. There's going to be division in your own fan base. Now, admittedly, there's division in every fan base with every hire. Outside of like five hires in my lifetime, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Urban Meyer at, Flor- uh, at, at, at Ohio State, Scott Frost at Nebraska, Lincoln Riley at USC, just about every hire has division. But there will be very strong opposition within your own fan base, let alone all those other fans. And so these are things you got to think about. And then I think most importantly, you better make sure your president is in line with this, your board of trustees is in line with this, because I'm just telling you, this can't be a thing where you come back for a second, third interview and you're ready to move forward only to find out that the president, like you can't, you got to figure it out. That's the negative of it. The positive of it, and the reason this is even happening, and it is worth mentioning, it's because Chris Beard is a really good basketball coach. And, and so it is the the, the, the push-pull, the tug, the, the, the tug of war, whatever you want to call it. Because when I, when I look at this situation, it is a tough call, right? Because you're Ole Miss, and we all know the history of Ole Miss basketball. We all know how bad they've been forever. And we all know that you can't normally, under normal circumstances, get a coach with the -the on-the-court resume of Chris Beard. Chris Beard, for what it's worth, his resume is pretty much impeccable. Goes to Little Rock, year one, makes the NCAA tournament, upsets Purdue. Goes to Texas Tech, year two at at Texas Tech. Goes to the Elite Eight, year three, plays for a national championship. Goes to Texas in year one, first NCAA tournament win in a long time for Texas. And in year two at Texas, he had a team that was and is good enough to win the national championship. And so if you're Ole Miss, you got to factor in all these things. you got to look at all these things. Is it worth it? Is the PR worth it? Is it this? Is it that? But then on the other side, is it worth it? Because this is a guy, a caliber of coach that you point blank, end of story, could not get if he was not embroiled in controversy. So I'll be curious to see what happens for a few different reasons. Well, I mean, I'm curious just in general, but there's a few different variables that I'm very interested in. One The Ole Miss AD is a basketball guy. His name's Keith Carter. He played basketball at Ole Miss. And so that's why this is especially interesting. Because I think there's a lot of ADs, especially in the SEC. They're kind of risk averse in basketball. And what I mean by that is, yeah, they want to win in basketball. But they don't want to bring any extra controversy to campus if it involves anything other than football, right? Like, I, I, I think that's probably what's going on at some other schools. It's probably what's going on at LSU right now. They got rid of Will Wade because Will Wade 
was causing all sorts of chaos. Bring in Matt McMahon. He's clean. He's whatever. He's this. He's that. You're not going to add a spotlight in a negative way from anything other than, uh, you know, you're not going to add a negative spotlight onto the onto the athletic department while the football team under Brian Kelly is thriving. But Ole Miss might be a little bit different because they already got the football coach and the AD is a true basketball guy. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And it'll be interesting also from another perspective. Ole Miss may soon have some competition in the Chris Beard sweepstakes. And so let's talk about this because have you seen what has happened at Texas Tech? Texas Tech was, of course, Chris Beard's employer prior to Texas. He left two two winters ago. Spring of 2021, it's crazy that he just left Texas Tech that recently. But they're embroiled in a little bit of controversy. And it's interesting because I was out to lunch on Friday. Buddy of mine, you know who you are, actually a listener of this show. And I I go to the bathroom, I look at my phone, I have a text. Hey, Torres, you hearing anything going on at Texas Tech right now? And I responded, but, you know, whatever. And so I bring it up. Because we got a big story out of Texas Tech on Sunday. It was kind of breaking as I was recording. We had enough to talk about, so I saved it for today. But there is chaos at Texas Tech right now. So essentially, Mark Adams is the head coach of Texas Tech. He is the guy that replaced Chris Beard. And he is um, a very interesting character in his own right. 66, 67 years old, somewhere in that range. He's been around forever, was out of coaching, came back as Beard's assistant at Little Rock, goes with him to Texas Tech, and then stays at Texas Tech to take over for Chris Beard. Year one has a ton of success, goes to the Sweet 16. But right away, you kind of knew there was something going on there because their two best players, Kevin McCullough, who's now at Kansas, and Terrence Shannon, who's now at Illinois, both decided to transfer out. And so it's not normal when you have a Sweet 16 team and your two best players are coming back and they both decide to transfer. So right there, you kind of knew something was going on. And I've kind of heard all year long that something's not quite right there. Some issues maybe with NIL, some issues in the locker room. Well, on Friday, on Sunday, we got details of something that's much bigger than that. The story goes as this, is that essentially Mark Adams, their head coach, is officially suspended from the school right now, essentially for making some comments that were perceived um, by the recipient of those comments to be racially charged. I'm not here to talk about somebody else's feelings, but essentially the comments derived from Mark Adams quoting something that he says came from the Bible, but essentially the the, 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 the reference was to what Mark Adams claims, and I'll just read his quote to Jeff Goodman from Stadium Verbatim. But according to uh, uh, Mark Adams, he said, I was quoting the scripture. This is a, a an interview with Jeff Goodman. It was a private conversation about coaching And when you have a job and being coachable, I said that in the Bible that Jesus talks about how we all have bosses and we all have servants. I was quoting the Bible about that. That's Mark Adams version of events. Again, I am not here to say who's right and who's wrong and who should feel what way and who should feel this and who should feel that. But if you read other reports that aren't directly from Mark Adams, the insinuation is that it was a direct reference to slavery. And again, I'm not here to twist people's words, this, that, the other thing. What I am here to say is in 2023, we probably, whether it's the Bible, whether it's the whatever, should not be referencing slavery at all, especially to young African-American men playing basketball for, let's be honest, an old white man. 
So it was at best a bad look. It was at worst a very racially charged comment. And on top of that, there's also this weird accusation that Mark Adams spit at somebody and he claims that he had a dental surgery and whatever. The point is that Mark Adams was put on indefinite leave. I don't think this guy ever coaches again. Because at the end of the day, I'm not sold that Texas Tech wanted to bring him back. And so I'm not sure if this is like a chicken and the egg thing. Like, did they not want to bring him back so this story came out? Or is this story the reason why the team stinks because they don't trust the guy because he's a jerk and, a, you know, an alleged racist, according to the reports that came out? I don't know, but I do know that Texas Tech is probably going to move on. They're going to fire him. They're going to eventually fire him with cause. We've talked about, we've seen this a million times, right? When the school puts you on paid administrative leave, what it means is they're calling the lawyers out of the bullpen and they're saying, figure out a way to get us out of this contract. Mark Adams would be owed about $7 million in buyout money if he were to be fired with cause. Don't think he ever coaches again. Think he thinks he gets fired. I think he gets fired with cause. And so now that leads to the $30,000 question, which is Chris Beard to Texas Tech. And all I'll say is, listen, I, I try to cover as much as I can and be in tune with as much as I can. I know it sounds sexy and I know it sounds fun. And Texas Tech fans, correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I don't really see happening. I, You know, Chris Beard left two years ago in the middle of the night to a rival school at the University of Texas. They're clearly rivals. There's clearly bad blood. And I don't think most of the fan base has moved on from that. Now, if this was six, seven years down the road, your two, three coaches removed, maybe it's a different deal. But you're still eight, you know, you're like 24 months removed from Chris Beard leaving you for your cross-state rival. So to me, this one doesn't make sense. And the good thing, if you're a Texas Tech fan, I think there's other good candidates that could potentially take this job. Uh, Grant McCasland, the head coach at North Texas, I think makes a ton of sense there. Um, Paul Mills at Oral Roberts, I think probably makes a ton of sense. I don't think Chris Beard is going back to Texas Tech. So it's interesting. It's an interesting twist in the Chris Beard Ole Miss stuff, but it'll be interesting to follow. We know Ole Miss is open. I don't think they take a meeting with Chris Beard knowing it'll probably get out. If they don't plan on moving forward, if they liked what they heard. And then the Texas Tech thing, I don't think Mark Adams is back as the head coach. I don't think he ever coaches another game. It's worth noting, again, he is on paid administrative leave. Corey Williams, an assistant, has been named the interim head coach for the Big 12 tournament. Don't think Mark Adams is back. Curious what's next, but I don't think it's going to be with Chris Beard as the head coach. All right, so what we're going to do, take a quick break, come back. We will start our conference tournament preview stuff. We will talk a little bit about the ACC, the Big East, and the Pac-12. I will make my official picks, give you the odds from Betfred Sportsbook, storylines to watch, bubble, this, that, the other thing. Take a quick break. Be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story. Started in 1967 in the UK. Over 1,600 shops in the UK have come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals, Colorado Rockies, Denver Broncos. And what I love about working with Betfred, nobody does more for their customers than Betfred does. Okay, I've told you before, but I'm going to keep telling you. Cincinnati Bengals games, that Betfred suite is rocking. They had a New Year's Eve into New Year's Day party for the launch of sports betting in the state of Ohio. Shout out to all of you who were there. Obviously, beyond that, there is the Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. We have sent listeners of this show to those tailgates. Colorado Rockies, first pitch at those games. Betfred does more for their customers than anybody, and here is what they are doing. For listeners of the Aaron Torres podcast, okay, so what you got to do, bet 50 on any game, and new users, how about this, get up to $1,000 in free bets. There are no catches. There are no gimmicks. Here's what you need to know. Bet 50 on any game, you get automatically $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get $200 insurance on your first five weeks as a Betfred customer. So you decided, hey, I'm going to bet this big game, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever. You end up losing it. They're going to insure you for that game. So up to five weeks, up to $200, plus $111 for signing up for Betfred today. You're going to want to do it. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Tell them Torres sent you. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, the Betfred Sportsbook. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, everybody. 
Hi, back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap hitting on some of these conference tournaments for college hoops. And so, as I said to lead the show, the initial plan was actually to just do all six conference tournaments on today's show, preview them, give you my picks, get out of here. Then we had the weird Chris Beard news. Then we had the weird Mark Adams news. And it felt like, you know what? Maybe I should talk a little bit about that before I get into the conference tournaments. But the conference tournaments are here. So what I'm going to do, rather than doing all six today, that just feels like I'm jamming too much into too short amount of a time. Instead, I'm going to focus on three conference tournaments today, the ACC, the Big East, and the Pac-12. I'm going to give you my preview, my picks, what you need to know, all that good stuff. And then from there, uh, we'll probably come back for a Wednesday show and preview the SEC, the Big 12, and the Big 10. And I'll give you my picks on those of tournaments as well. Don't know yet what we're going to do for Thursday and Friday, but we'll try to get you something out Thursday and Friday as well. But that's kind of the rundown for the week. So with that said, let's focus on those three tournaments that I just told you about. And let me give, let's start with the ACC. I will give you a quick rundown. By the way, the ACC starts today. If you are a college hoops junkie, there's actually games today. Now you got to be either the biggest ACC fan ever or a compulsive gambler to be interested in these games because we got Florida State, Georgia Tech, Boston College, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame today. Those are six really bad teams. By the way, Mike Bray, remember, he has announced that he is leaving Notre Dame, so this could be his last game at Notre Dame. Also, I think Josh Passner is probably out at Georgia Tech, so he could be coaching for his job, is coaching for his job. I think once they lose in this tournament, he's probably done. Those three games happen. Then we get the the second round on Wednesday. That is when North Carolina will be in action for the first time, when Pitt and NC State will be in action for the first time. And then the top four seeds, Miami's the one seed, Virginia's the two seed, uh, Clemson of all teams is the three seed, and Duke is the four seed. That's they'll get they'll they'll take the court on Thursday for the quarterfinals. In terms of the betting odds, Duke is actually the favorite, believe it or not, at plus 270, despite being the four seed. Beyond them, Virginia and Miami are plus 350, Clemson plus 600, and North Carolina has actually got some money coming in. They open at plus 750 and are down to plus 650. Now, in terms of storylines in this game, in this tournament, excuse me, I would argue that that it's actually the bubble. I think there's some ter- conferences where the, the, the conversation is about the, the top of the tournament, one seed, can this team do this? Can that team do that? When I look at the ACC, though, what I see is a team, a, a conference, excuse me, that only has three teams that right now I feel this second are NCAA tournament teams, no doubt about it, could lose in the first round, don't even sweat it. Virginia, Miami, and Duke. After them, everybody else either has to, at the very least, avoid bad losses or actually pick up wins to feel good about their NCAA tournament standing. Starting with NC State, they will actually play the final game on Wednesday. They will play the winner of Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. For NC State, to me, they're currently in Joe Lenardi's next four out. I don't know that they need some big signature incredible win. The important thing for NC State, don't take that bad loss, though. I think if, if NC State wins that opener, they would play Clemson in the next round, which is actually a very advantageous matchup. But I don't even know that they need to beat Clemson. Just do not lose in your opener. You should be fine. Kevin Keats's team. Pitt is kind of somewhere in the middle. They're one. They will play the winner of that Georgia Tech-Florida State game. Definitely cannot lose that game. Not totally sure if they would need to win another one. They would play Duke in the sem- in the quarterfinals on Thursday. 
If you beat Duke, you're definitely in, no doubt about it. Punch your ticket, don't sweat. But even if you don't beat Duke, my sense is just don't take a bad loss and you should be fine. And then there are two other bubble teams that very much need to make moves ASAP. Clemson, despite being the three seed, they are on the wrong side of the bubble right now, and it's for an obvious reason. They have some really bad losses, including the Louisville. Losing to Louisville should probably disqualify you for the NCAA tournament at all. But Clemson, in my opinion, needs at least two wins in this ACC tournament. They will open very likely with NC State. And then I think they'd probably have to win a semifinal game, which would likely be against Virginia, to feel really good about being in the NCAA tournament. You lose before the conference championship game, you could be in big trouble. And I actually feel a lot of the same about North Carolina. North Carolina right now might only be in the bubble conversation because their name is North Carolina, because everybody wants to see them in and because they have this big brand and they're going to draw TV ratings and they might get in the first four, et cetera, et cetera. North Carolina's resume is really bad. So they will open on Wednesday, the early day, with the winner of Louisville-Boston College. You lose that, season's done, careers. Hubert Davis might not survive losing to Louisville. I'm kidding, but it won't be good. But you got to win that game, and then it sets up a very interesting draw where you play a Virginia team that you just beat a few days ago, and then if you beat them, you play a Clemson team that you also have beaten or NC State, which you've beaten as well. So North Carolina, in my opinion, they can make the run. I just don't know that we've seen anything to make me believe that they're going to do it. The good news, the draw is nice. Louisville or Boston College, and then a Virginia team that you've already beaten, and then either an NC State or Clemson team that you've already beaten. North Carolina can get hot in this tournament. They just, I'm just not sure that they will. Now, the other side of the bracket, in my opinion, is also interesting as well. Like I said, Pitt Duke will be a semi, uh, a quarterfinal potentially. That one is very interesting to me. I actually like this Pitt team. Just a bunch of old veteran guards take care of business, don't mess around, whatever. I do find it interesting, though, that Duke is the favorite at plus 270 in this conference. I don't really get it, I don't really see it. I do understand that this this tournament is in Greensboro. Duke will have a nice crowd there, just like North Carolina and NC State will. But you look at Duke, I think they're fine. They're playing well, good defense, good guards. They don't feel like they should be the favorite to me. And as a matter of fact, I actually like Miami to come out of the top half of that bracket. For people who haven't seen Miami, they are a really good team. They are really good offensively. Remember, they made the Elite Eight last year. They bring back a bunch of key players. Isaiah Wong, who was named the ACC Player of the Year this this uh, on Monday. Uh, Jordan Miller is a good guard. Nigel Pack, Mr. NIL, uh, Mr. Life Wallet is a really good player. And then Norchad Omir, uh, a forward who transferred from Arkansas State, is really good. I think they take care of Duke in that semifinal. And then on the other side of the bracket, I don't really know who's coming out. I don't know if it's NC State. I don't know if it's North Carolina. I don't know if it's Virginia. I could honestly see any of those three coming out. I don't know that I could see Clemson, but I could see Virginia, the two seed, NC State, the six seed, or North Carolina, the seven seed. But in the end, my official Betfred pick for the ACC is, in fact, the Miami Hurricanes. They're a really good team. As I just said, good guard play. They actually score the ball really well. They're the best offensive team in the ACC. They score more points than anybody else in the conference. So your official AT bet for the ACC it is the Miami Hurricanes to win this conference tournament. Let's keep it going, uh, and let's go to the Big East, where the Big East is another one where the, the the bracket is very interesting, and not only is the bracket interesting for the Big East, but I'll take it a step further. The odds and seeding are very interesting. So UConn, 
And by the way, I have nothing to do with the Betfred Sportsbook God, so don't say, oh, Torres, whatever. UConn, as the four seed, is actually the favorite. So uh, let me lay out the bracket first, okay? So the bracket is, this is another one. You have some Wednesday games, some early week games. On Wednesday, the three games that you'll need to know and need to watch, or you'll at least be aware of. I don't know if you're going to watch it. But St. John's Butler, Seton Hall DePaul, Villanova Georgetown. The winner of that St. John's Butler game will play the top seed Marquette. The winner of the Seton Hall DePaul game will play uh, the number two seed Xavier. And then Villanova Georgetown, that winner, will play the three seed Creighton. Also worth noting, UConn and Providence play in the 4-5 game Thursday afternoon. So you want a potential for the best atmosphere in conference play, in conference tournament play this weekend. 4.30, a lot of day drinking. By the way, remember, we have our marches for day drinking, Aaron Torres media tees. Marches for day drinking. There's going to be a lot of day drinking before that UConn-Providence game at Madison Square Garden. Um, And as far as the odds, what I find very interesting is exactly what I just said. UConn is actually the favorite at plus 240. Then Creighton, the three seed, is plus 340. Don't know how often you have the number four seed and the number three seed with better odds to win the tournament or lower odds than Marquette, the number one seed at plus 350, or Xavier, the number two seed at plus 430. Couple notes here. One, Xavier did lose a key player this weekend. Zach Fremantle had been out but there was a belief that he would be ready for the conference tournaments. He tried to work out. It did not go well, and he has actually been ruled out for the season. This is a guy that Xavier has been playing without for a few weeks now, but they have not been the same team since he left, and overall, 15 points, 8 rebounds per game. It's just a bummer, but we're not going to see him the rest of the the regular season and the rest of the conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, so that's a disappointment. And so that's one storyline to follow. The other big storyline that I find very interesting is this. There is no real bubble teams to speak of in the NCAA tournament. Marquette's in, Creighton's in, Xavier's in, UConn's in. Providence is probably in as well. Providence right now, they can't really take a bad loss. They can improve their resume. They're going to get into the NCAA tournament. So no real bubble teams to speak of in the Big East. But there is one very interesting team that is worth monitoring, And that is the number six seed who is playing the final game of the first day on Wednesday, the Villanova Wildcats. So we've talked a lot about Villanova over the last couple shows, but they have won four of their last five, three of their last four and six of their last eight. Since Justin Moore came back from injury, they're playing really good basketball. By the way, the first game that he came back for was Creighton. They lost at Creighton by five and then they spanked Creighton the following time that they played him. And so Villanova right now, let's just call a spade a spade. They're 16 and 15, 10 and 10 in the Big East. They are not on the bubble. I don't even think making it to the championship game and losing would put them on the bubble. At that point, they would be, what, 19 and 16 at that point? I don't know that that puts them into the NCAA tournament. It feels like they probably have to win this tournament to get into the NCAA tournament because, again, Villanova does have a couple really bad losses lost to Portland earlier in the year, lost to a decent but not great Oregon team. I could go on and on. The point I'm trying to make, they probably have to win the conference tournament, but they're certainly capable of it. They play Creighton. They play Georgetown in the first round. They're going to win that game. Then they play Creighton in in the quarterfinal on Thursday night. 
it feels pretty good that they're going to take care of business in that game. Or no, I, I take that back. I don't feel good about it, but I do think it's possible that they do. They just beat Creighton a few days ago. Um, and then on top of that, like I just said, you get past Creighton. Now you got to beat up Xavier team. They also beat Xavier in this run. So you look at this Villanova thing. It could happen, right? They play Georgetown early. They play a Creighton team they just beat. They could play a semifinal game against the Xavier team that they just beat. Then they're in the conference championship game against either Marquette or UConn. Now, in terms of my pick, I'm going to surprise some people. Because like I said, UConn is the favorite in the Bedford Sportsbook at plus 240. I'm actually going with Creighton at plus 340. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, Torres, you just said UConn can win the national championship. I did. But styles make fights. And what do I always say on this show? I never pick anything until I see a bracket. And I just don't like the way the bracket plays out for UConn. They're going to have a tough physical opening round game against a very good Providence team. Then they're going to have to play the number one seed Marquette if they survive that. Then you get to the championship game, third game in three days against a good NCAA tournament caliber team. That could be really tough for them. Creighton, on the other hand, I like the draw. Creighton has a Villanova team that just beat them bad. So you know they'll be ready to go for their opener. Villanova, meanwhile, will be coming off a game where they probably play past midnight on Wednesday. Then Creighton would get a beat-up Xavier team in the semifinals. Then you get to the finals. And the one thing you can't say about Creighton is that Creighton has not been there before. Played in the conference tournament championship game last year. They actually played in the conference tournament championship game in 2021 when there was no fans in the stands against Georgetown. And oh, by the way, they actually played a half of a conference tournament game in 2020. Anybody remember that? Creighton Seton Hall, no fans. All the other tournaments are canceling. Creighton and St. John's, excuse me. Creighton and St. John's tip off. Then at halftime, they pull them off the court, and that was the end of the 2020 college basketball season. What I'm trying to make. Creighton has Big East tournament experience. They have never won the Big East tournament, though. Greg McDermott has been to four finals. I think this is the year he gets it done. Finally, lastly, last one. Let's go to the Pac-12. UCLA is the favorite at plus 135. Arizona at plus 180. USC at set plus 700. Oregon at plus 900. Arizona State at plus 2000. Um, and as far as the bracket is concerned, I'm not going to go through everything. What you need to know, Arizona, uh, UCLA is the one seed. Oregon's the four. Arizona is the two. USC is the three. And the most interesting team that is not in those top four is Arizona State. They're probably the only one on the bubble in the six seed spot. And so in terms of this tournament, there's two things to me that stand out. The first is the health of Jalen Clark. And as I've said many times, we might get an update on Jalen Clark at some time in the future, but right now we have no idea. Jalen Clark, for people who don't know, who did not listen to Monday's show, shame on you. He's UCLA's, one of their best players. He's a an elite wing defender. Uh, averaged two and a half steals per game. He might be the best wing defender in college basketball. Left the Arizona game, came back out on crutches. There's all sorts of speculation on the internet what it may be. I'm not going to go there. What it does feel like, he won't be ready for this tournament. Right now, it feels like he might not play at all the rest of the season if you believe the reports that are going that are out there. And so I bring it up because this is absolutely something to monitor in this tournament and beyond. What will be interesting, in my opinion, will be if UCLA actually gives us an update on it. In the past, and those of you who follow college basketball, you know this. In the past, sometimes at this time of year, coaches and teams 
are hesitant to give us injury information. Besides the fact that it's obviously a disadvantage going into any big game, it's also worth noting it can hurt your tournament seating because the NCA committee, yeah, they have all those pieces of paper with your numbers on it and your data and you beat this many teams and that team and this team and that team. But if they know that the team that won all of those games is not the team that's going to be on the floor in the NCAA tournament, they can ding you in terms of seeding. Most famously, um, most famously was obviously 2000. Cincinnati was the number one team in the country all year. They had Kenyon Martin. He gets hurt in the conference tournament. He's not going to play. They go to the two seed line when they should have been probably the number one overall seed based on their resume. Other teams in past years just haven't shared information before selection Sunday. Um, and so we'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see what UCLA does, but I bring it up to say that is one storyline to watch. If we see Jalen Clark at all in this tournament, it's kind of a miracle. And I think the other big story to watch beyond that is the bubble situation in the Pac-12. Pac-12, in my opinion, has two teams, one on the, the far reaches of the bubble. Now, I think Arizona, UCLA, and USC are all comfortably in. Oregon, to me, is the one that's on the far, far, far end of the bubble picture. Oregon, to me, they need to not only win their opener, they'll probably play Washington State. My guess is they probably need to beat UCLA in the semifinals, make the championship game. Then we're probably talking about Oregon as right on the cusp, first four type team, if they can win against UCLA. Obviously, if you win the conference championship, you don't have to worry about being on the bubble. But Oregon probably needs two wins, including one over UCLA to take care of business. The other team that's on the bubble, Arizona State. We've actually weirdly talked a fair amount about Arizona State the last couple weeks. Beat Arizona at the buzzer. Uh, went into, they had, remember, they had the two games against the LA schools this weekend. If you beat UCLA or USC, you probably feel pretty good. They go 0-2. Now they come to the Pac-12 tournament, and, and it's pretty clear what they have to do. One, cannot take a bad loss against Oregon State in the first round. Probably have to beat USC in the semi in the quarterfinals. You beat USC in the late game. That's like an 11.30 Eastern time tip, so make sure to stay up late for that one. You do that, I think Arizona State is probably in the NCAA tournament, even if you lose in the semis to your rival Arizona. But you got to win one. You got to win two. You feel you win two, you're probably pretty good. Now, in terms of my champion, probably not going to surprise a lot of you. But the one seed is UCLA. The two seed is Arizona. UCLA is plus 135. Arizona plus 180. Going with the Arizona Wildcats. And the reason why is pretty straightforward. It's two things. One, we don't know the status of Jalen Clark. I know UCLA just beat Arizona without Jalen Clark the other day. I don't know that I feel that good about that Arizona team without Jalen Clark. Two, and this is important as well. Arizona will have a significant home court advantage at the ACC tournament, at the ACC tournament, at the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas this week. Huge home court advantage. They call it the Arizona Invitational. I've been to many Pac-12 tournaments. Arizona, probably 95% of the fans at the tournament are Arizona fans. So I look at this game. I look at this tournament. Arizona, to me, is the winner. And if they win this one, I think they probably clinch a number two seed somewhere. Don't know what it means for UCLA and their seed line. I think if UCLA doesn't take a bad loss, I, I, I still would speculate they're the number one seed out west, but that remains to be seen. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Amateur Sports Podcast. It is time for me to get out of here. Before I do, make sure you're subscribed to the Amateur Sports Podcast. We'll drop a Wednesday episode 
previewing the SEC, the Big 12, and the Big 10 conference tournaments. And we'll play it by ear from there. Is something else going to happen? Is Chris Beard going to get a job? Is Chris Beard going to get interviewed? We'll keep you updated. And as soon as something breaks, we'll obviously talk about that in addition to previewing the conference tournaments. Um, by the way, make sure to keep an eye out for the Aaron Torres pod and uh, uh, NCA tournament challenge. You can sign up this week ahead of the bracket actually being out. So we're really excited about that. And thanks again to our partners at Betfred. Uh, bet any game, bet $50, get up to $1,000 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. So that is all for today's show. It is time for me to get out of here. And I'll be back on Wednesday. How about that? Three straight days of the Aaron Torres pod. So thank you guys and girls for listening. And it's time for me to go. Shout out to Tor Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. You F-head unblock me, bro. I'll be back Wednesday. Enjoy those Tuesday ACC tournament games, baby. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.